Greg and Dancho, WMBD, uh, 739 WMBD here in 60 seconds. What's going on in our world real quick before we get to our guests? North Korea says that what the president said into the summit was not true, that they had a different take on that. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu has been indicted or it will be indicted today. Three days before the election over there. Uh, according to uh, chief of staff, former chief of staff, I can't keep up. Uh, President Trump demanded son-in-law Jared Kushner get top security clearance. Uh, the first lady of Virginia accused of being racially insensitive, handing out cotton to uh, minority kids. Uh, uh, Virginia just changed her slo- uh, slogan, Virginia, man, we've got problems. Robert Kraft pleads not guilty to soliciting prostitution. And little Wally up there in Chillicothe got his heart yesterday. Yay. Seems to be doing well. We're all happy about that. Uh, the Robert Kraft story, as we just mentioned, uh, the sex trafficking part of that story um, is the most important part of that story. And the FBI and the police said after they finally raided that place... Um, they found actually a health department worker who was doing an inspection, found a little grill in the back, realized that women were living there, tipped to the FBI, and then from there uh, they exposed uh, what was going on there. It's the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg was their quote. Several months ago, the Center for Prevention of Abuse, uh, uh, of course, this is all really under a a large umbrella, but they, uh, they started a separate... Uh, I'll call it Department Carol Myrna. Is. is that right? Is That's that what right. you call it? That's right. Uh, and, and that is called, what do you name it? What is it it's called? It's Human Trafficking Services. And what does that mean? It means that we not only care for survivors, but we are creating change agents by um, sharing our knowledge about what human trafficking is, uh, how to spot it, what to do about it, uh, and trying to make a, a big difference in the communities we serve by helping make them a little safer and a little friendlier. Sarah Seifert is in charge of that department. Sarah, good morning to you. Good morning. What does it mean? What does human trafficking uh, entail? What what encompasses uh, under that umbrella? So in a nutshell, human trafficking is forcing an individual to either provide forced labor or commercial sex. And they do that by exploiting vulnerabilities in certain populations. All right, I want to throw a, a theory at you that I've been thinking. I thought about it last night while I was trying to go to sleep. Um, I saw a video yet just yesterday on, on, on Facebook. It was a woman I don't know. She doesn't live around here. She was just sitting in her car expounding this. She was, she was warning people, and she was telling people, that there are uh, just men waiting in parking lots all over America to grab you, and specifically she was talking to women, of course, to grab you and force you into sex trafficking. My gut tells me that there's a weird thing that's happening where we're overreacting and scaring each other in a an area of sex trafficking that's not really true, or it's minorly true, not majorly true. What is your reaction to that? Well, we know that human trafficking happens in all communities, rural and urban. Right. We know that it's an issue within the state of Illinois and within our local community. But our focus isn't to scare anyone about the the possibilities of trafficking. Our message is to provide awareness. The majority of the survivors that have reached out for our help have been trafficked by people that they knew. 
intimate partners or family members much like kidnapping over the years when i was a kid man we always had to we were put had the fear put in us but the fact of the matter is it's very rare for somebody to be kidnapped by somebody they don't know yeah it's it, very that's a very small percentage i'm assuming it's a similar this it's very similar. so so in the case of the, the ladies in uh, florida and i know you're not speaking to that case in particular but i'll just say this uh, i learned from that story is that a lot of them, if not all of them, came into this country thinking they were coming here to work at a restaurant or a salon or they were going to be a maid or whatever, and then they had their passports taken and they were stuck. And they came through a specific port in New York. It's not unlike a drug port where they have specific places where they traffic drugs. They're doing the same thing with these women, taking away their passports. They don't speak English, and now they're forced to have... Uh, either sexual labor, some of them, and I don't want to get people mad around here, nail shops, different things along those lines, but they're forced to do labor that, and, and they have nowhere to go because they don't speak English and they don't have passports. Is that happening here in town or in the area? We have not had anyone reach out to us for help out of a massage parlor establishment. However, that's not surprising to us because we know that the crime is often under-identified and under-reported. And the way that the, the nature of these types of businesses, it's very undercover, it's hush-hush, it's covert. And these victims are literally held captive, oftentimes within the establishments. They often live within uh, the business premise. So they don't know that we're out there and that we can help. Yeah, them. Well, well, and, and the they don't want to lose their. And they don't want to this radio show. Yeah, yeah. and they don't want to lose their job. Yeah. I mean, they're making money and they're basically in a trap. They would like to go out, but they don't know our laws. They don't know what kind of help would be. They don't know if they'd be returned to their establishment and there'd be retribution. So they're kind of in a trap. This is an interesting thing because I, I think there's almost two conversations happening at once. Uh, uh, if if a person wanted to this is my opinion only if a person wanted to uh, be in that business of their own volition and a man wanted to go and and purchase such services to me i almost step back and go well um live and let live that's your own deal i don't care but but there but i think there are men around central illinois and every community in america who are going to places and supporting captive people they, they don't even maybe know it that by, by virtue of uh, partaking in those services, you're, you're perpetuating a, someone being a slave. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. Carol, That's- So, but, but you talk about the difference, okay? So uh, I'm wondering why the police don't crack down in these places. You walk in within 30 seconds, you know probably what's going on. However, the laws may just be a misdemeanor. Is it worth the time? It's kind of like decriminalization of marijuana. But if it is certainly sex trafficking, Carol, is there ways to train police to re- recognize the difference between the two? There, uh, yes, but we're spending a lot of time spending um, trainings with law enforcement uh, all over central Illinois. But I think that what's really important to note is that not only are people uh, exploited that come from overseas, but people that are born right here in central Illinois and all over the United States are exploited as well. The spend that I like to put on it is, what are we doing about it? And we are yeah, doing something too. about it. That's we what are, I want to know. We're yeah. unique yeah. in central Illinois that, you know, the Center for Prevention of Abuse <laughs> is providing services to the Human Trafficking Services Department and Sarah, training people, helping people understand, helping uh, 
residential associations, Kiwanis clubs, rotaries, helping people become aware of what it is so we can do something yeah, about it. Yeah, and we'll ask this question in a bit. Do people kind of know? It's like, wow, that doesn't look right, well, but what do I do? Here's what I think. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, we all know. <laughs> we all know. I, it, it boggles my mind that there, all those places are open. There's a difference, though, in knowing that it's occurring and then knowing what to do about it. Okay. So that's part of our message that we want to get across to individuals is that if you spot something suspicious, right. report it. Okay. Report it to law enforcement. Report it to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. Call our organization for some crisis intervention and some tips. Um, but it, it's not just an, enough to know what human trafficking is. We have to take steps. Okay. 757 WMBD. We've got a lot to talk about in three minutes. we got the folks in here from the Center for Prevention of, of Abuse. A few years ago, they, uh, or a few months ago, opened a separate department uh, dealing with human trafficking. Sarah, real quick, what do, we, what do we look for when we are out and about? We may see something in our neighborhoods. We may see a person that seems under duress or, or whatever it might be. What do we look for? And then, again, what do we do when we maybe suspect something? Definitely you would be looking for an individual who you feel is being forced to perform some type of labor service or commercial sex. These individuals oftentimes are physically abused, so there might be some signs of bruising, physical abuse, bruising, or, yeah. yeah, anything like that. Um, their movement is controlled and monitored, and oftentimes there is a trafficker who is monitoring that. So it might be a young girl who's in the accompaniment of an older person who um, she's submissive to. They could show signs of malnourishment, dehydration, uh, could show um, many of them are not in possession of their documents, so driver's license, passport, visas. What about somebody, like a young person who was not in possession of a phone? This, these days, oh, that's oh, so yeah, unusual. Yeah. Would, that, would that be something that you would flag? Absolutely, really? absolutely, yeah. And I know we focus, because of the Robert Kraft case, on these little sex shops, massage shops. But how much around here that you've seen? Is that is that a small percentage? Is there a ton in the domestic area, people who are maids and gardeners and all that what is how do those percentages fit together yeah so we've provided services to survivors of both sex and labor trafficking of all genders um, and age demographics the majority of our survivors have been female and victims of sex trafficking usually through an intimate partner or a family member our youngest was just 11 when she came to us um, she was turning 12 about a week later and she was trafficked by her mother in exchange for cash and cigarettes and alcohol. Wow. Yeah. Okay, uh, we have to do something about this, and what we can do is keep our eyeballs open and contact you or contact the police directly. Absolutely. But to contact you in the Center in the Human Trafficking Department or the Center for Prevention of Abuse, what do we do? We have um, staff available 24 hours a day. Our crisis hotline is 1-800-559-SAFE. S-A-F-E or 1-800-559-7233. You know what's the ugliest part of this story? Her mom is trafficking an 11-year-old, right. and there's people out there doing, I mean, willingly taking the 11-year-old. Oh, uh, that whole side of it is amazing to me at all. Uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Carol, it's good to see you guys. Thank you. you we guys. always appreciate coming well, here. You're doing such great work, and, may, and maybe not so long between visits now because yes, this is please. Yeah, yeah. high on everyone's radar. Let's keep it going. Great. It is 8 o'clock. Sarah, thank you. Thank you. It is 8 o'clock. Time for news.